0: Hello there, welcome to our podcast, Africa to the World, where we tell African stories to transform people's lives. I am Yvonne, and I'm Shami, and we are your hosts. So today we've got a very interesting topic that we're going to be talking about, girls can do it too, a conversation on harnessing the power of education. I think many a times we underestimate the power of education and how it can transform our lives, and how it has changed our lives up to date.
1: I definitely agree with that. And so today we're chatting to Dr. Faith. <laughs> and how this idea um, to this conversation actually came about is, I was just sitting and we were having a, a chat with Faith, and we started talking about education and the impact that it had on her life and Her journey in general and I thought this would make for a brilliant episode especially where girls are concerned and the things that we think we can do or think we can't do so yeah essentially it's it's us sitting here today to talk about her journey and to talk about the power of education particularly in a young girl's life so Dr. Faith thank you so much for making the time and welcome to our podcast Welcome, Dr. Faith.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Shamiso and Yvonne, for inviting me. I'm really, really honored. Thank you very much.
1: Okay. So, a couple of weeks ago, we traveled all the way to Little Grahamstown, AKA Makanda, in the Eastern Cape. Dr. Faith was graduating. So, can you just tell us about your PhD journey? Wow. Um... My PhD
2: journey, all I can say in summary, and there are two words that I keep uh, coming back to. It was grueling, and it taught me something about myself. Uh, It was quite a long journey because it took me a good six years to finish uh, my PhD. Um, However, it taught me um, the, the, the goodness of hard work. And uh, how hard work is really a skill that a person requires in life and being tenacious uh, if you want to achieve anything in life. And also uh, to believe in myself, because that's something that I ended up struggling with throughout this journey, where at some point I was wondering to myself, am I going to finish? Do I have what it takes? So that PhD uh, journey was really uh, grueling. So my journey started in um, 2016. Uh, That's when I actually started working on my proposal. Uh, I always had this desire to pursue my education because I really believed that I could do better. And I also really am passionate about education. I'm that girl who grew up taking out the blackboard uh, for my sisters so that I could teach them. Uh, everywhere I went, I would really just take out a blackboard and teach someone something. I remember even when I was, I think it was in Form 4 uh, or Form 5, I taught uh, this girl. We had struggled to pass her English O-level, and I taught her, uh, and and she ended up doing well, and she actually passed her English um, O-level. So it's education has been a passion and a calling for me. And uh, it, it would only make sense for me to pursue it to this level. So I really always wanted to get to that level where I get to pursue my PhD studies. So basically, my journey with education and really pursuing it to uh, this level started from a very young age. That desire was always there. Uh, so when I was doing my undergrad studies, it's something that I kept in mind. I would pray about it, that I want to do better, God, in my grades so that um, I'm able to qualify uh, for these opportunities, such as uh, being able to study for a PhD. Um, so I remember very well, again, I keep going back and forth because it's such a reflection, a process, a process of reflecting uh, back on uh, you know my young, uh, young faith and where I am today. So I remember when I was in my f- uh, first year, uh, second semester, uh, I wrote a prayer um, in my diary, uh, in my notebook, actually. And I actually asked God to help me to do better in my grades because I-, I knew very well that I wasn't going to end off with an undergraduate degree. I was going to go further with my education. So I had not done so well in my first semester because I think I was struggling to, you know, uh, acclimatize to university education and you know just the university setting, which was very new to me, and I, I struggled a bit in some modules. So I, I prayed that prayer and I was very determined from then on that my grades were going to be good so that I could qualify for the master's program and then eventually uh, get into a PhD program. So my journey really started uh, uh, quite early for me. I, I really was determined and I knew what I really wanted to do. Uh, I knew uh, I had the role to play in academia, I had a role to play in terms of teaching and departing knowledge to, to people. So my journey really goes back <laughs> to um, uh, me, young Faith at, at, at university and young Faith in pre- in, in uh, preschool where I would gather the kids together and teach them something um, and pretend to be a teacher, actually. Uh, that's mm-hmm. really where I started off my journey.
0: That's amazing, Faith. I think the biggest thing that stood out for me, Faith, from what you said was, you know, it was a passion that turned into a purpose and how you, you actively involved God in every single step by praying for it. Because I think we've made it, um, we've separated life and our desires, our career away from God, that I like the approach that you took, that you actually prayed for your grades so that God could excel you and enhance that gift of teaching in you. That's just amazing. This is amazing, and now look at you now—the P- a PhD holder. Congratulations, Doctor! <laughs> hey! Keep on shining. Thank you. Keep on shining. Yeah. So, could we say—is um, it right if we say you must be a very smart? You must have been very, very smart in school, or could we say it's God's grace, basing on everything that you went through? Um, what would you say is a fair judgment of your journey so far? <laughs> That's an interesting question. I definitely
2: don't call myself a smart person, but I definitely do characterize myself as a hardworking person. But what I would say is this: um, what I learned now that I'm, you know, looking back and reflecting, you know, when I was in uh, form form two, um, I I was at a very competitive mission school. Uh, where the kids there were really just bright kids, and I felt sort of out of place because I felt like I didn't have what it took for me to be so smart as um, those kids were. So in form two, at the end of form two, they would do this grading process where we would be put into classes. Um, so they w- they didn't call them, you know, science classes or art classes or you know, uh, commercial classes. They they they, they would say these are the smartest people and they're getting into this class and then these are sort of medium smart and you're going to put them in this class and then you the rest you're going into this class which is the last class but when you actually look at the the way the subjects were allocated uh, for the different groups it was actually based on um you know categories like science uh, accounting and the art subjects. So I was good at art subjects. My maths was just terrible. I wasn't good at mathematics. Um, and obviously, things like physics were just not for me. But the way it was said to us was that we are bad, we're not good at school. And, you know, we're, 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 we're the last class. We're actually called the last class. And uh, it, it was so sad because um, it chips away on your confidence. And, you know, your self-esteem and what you believe about yourself. So I think God did the grace to remind me uh, during that time that it, even though I've been put into this class, I'm smart. I, I believed in myself. I, I just believed in myself. I believe that I may be put in this category, but that's not who I am. So it wasn't necessarily that I was smart or that I've ever really been super smart. But what I can say is that I'm a hard worker. So I was put in that last class. and. Um, You know, naturally, teachers did not take us seriously. You know, teachers would come and give us lectures about how bad we are, how we're not going anywhere, how we should emulate Uh, you know, our friends who were in the other class, the science class, uh, because they called those um, students serious about their studies and were regarded as the playful students who had no direction about life and no desire to succeed. I remember one particular male lecturer would come and stand by our window uh, during our study time at night and it would give us these long talks about how bad we are so so it, it really was something that was demotivating in a way but now that I reflect back there's something that remained consistent in me uh that I I, I believed in myself I, I knew that there was something better in me and I didn't allow those categories to limit me because um even though we're put in the arts class we never were given the actual art subjects. They they only gave us a few. I guess they thought that we couldn't make it and it would be overwhelming for us. So whilst we're in that class, we didn't do history. We didn't do English literature. We just had the basic, uh, you know, art subjects. So I decided on my own that, look, I'm in this class. I loved history. I enjoyed history. So I said, I'm going to sign up for it. I'll do it myself. Even at that age, uh, you know, 15, 16, so i wrote my uh o level exam for history studied by myself i only attended one lesson and the rest i taught myself and guess what i got myself an a in history so it just reminded me that with the right mindset uh, i can do certain things so when i went into a level um, I then went straight for I chose arts uh, subjects, so I studied English literature, history, um, and back then it was called religious education, I believe. Uh, I can't remember what, what the name was, and and those are the subjects that I pursued because I knew I was a, at least a, a bit better, you know, in those uh, arts subjects, and uh, I did well. So what what I would encourage uh, any young girl is look. When you've been put into a category by your teacher, by your parents, by your peers, uh, you really need to think very hard about who you are. And you shouldn't allow people to put you into certain categories, even teachers, because they don't know what God has put in you. Uh, They don't know the passions, the, the purpose that God has put in your life. And they don't have the power to categorize who you are and what you do, but God does. But it also takes you to partner with God and believe that what God has put in me is of value and it matters. And I've got a message to communicate. I've got a gift that I'm going to share, which is going to benefit others. So that is something that remained consistent uh, in my life, that I I really just started to believe that I'm good at this. I'm good at something. I may not be good at mathematics, but when it comes to art subjects, I can do this. And this is what, you know, pulled me through. So I wouldn't categorize myself as a smart person, but I would categorize myself as somebody who is hardworking and who took a chance on myself to believe in what God has put in me.
0: Mind
1: over matter. Amazing. That is absolutely brilliant. Um, just believing in yourself and also partnering with God as, as a part of that journey. And I think it's so sad how, we live in a society where we want to grade people and say how how intelligent someone is based on the subject that they excel in. I think even today, you know, we look at the art subject and we're like, ah, ma art day wasinga but that's actually not the truth. There are some people who could excel across the board, but find that they are more drawn to the arts because that is where their purpose lies. That is where their passion lies. And I think we really need to move towards um, being the type of people who embrace each and every individual with their interests, with the different areas that they excel in and the different areas that they're passionate about. Um, But just going back, Faith, to your PhD journey, when you started, did you foresee it taking six years? Definitely not. (laughs)
2: Uh, I actually remember on my proposal, when I wrote my proposal, it was just supposed to take me three years. Uh, But I think I totally underestimated the demands of a PhD and also the fact that I had other roles to play. Because um, when I started, I remember writing my proposal. Of course, I didn't start at um, Rhodes University. Um, When I was at another local university and I submitted my proposal, I remember doing that with my son on my lap. Because uh, uh, my son had been born and uh, he was uh, still a toddler, and he would be fidgeting on my lap as I was busy trying to uh, work on my uh, thesis or on my thesis uh, proposal. So it, it really was uh, very difficult for me to balance or juggle uh, these roles. And in fact, I, I don't believe in the word balance, um, even juggle, I don't know which word to use, but all I can say is I found it very difficult to navigate the role of being a mother. Um, a student, uh, a worker, um, and also a a wife. Um, those demands when they would intersect it would be it was very difficult for me to 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 really uh focus on my studies and and i always say mm. everything that could have gone wrong went wrong uh during my phd studies um i i i i i can't think of anything that didn't go wow. didn't go uh, you know well i mean that didn't go wrong because um during my phd uh jenny um Uh, I remember experiencing a sickness in the family. Um, My father-in-law got sick and I was one of his uh, primary caregivers. There was just so much that went wrong. So I did not anticipate that it would, you know, be this very long journey. But what it taught me was tenacity. Tenacity is is something that really developed in me because First of all, I'm a mom. I couldn't give up. I couldn't imagine telling myself uh, or even my son the story that, you know, your mom once started on this journey and then she didn't finish it. Um, So I I couldn't imagine myself saying that. And I couldn't imagine giving up on the dream that God had put in me uh, as well. So that's something that kept me going throughout Mm -hmm. those six years. But when I started, I did not anticipate whatsoever that I would take a good six years, you know, pursuing this dream.
1: Okay, you've already mentioned um, finding yourself potentially in the position where you now have to explain, oh, I started this and I gave up. (laughs) Is there anything else that kept you going um, in those tough moments? And can we also just talk about um, the support of the people around you? I think that's also very important because you've mentioned that you were wearing all these different hats. You are a wife, you're a mother, you're a sister, you're an in-law, you are, I don't know, all these other things that you're doing. Okay.
2: So what kept me going really was um, the dream itself. Um, I really believe that God had put this dream in me, and I could sort of glimpse, have a glimpse of the end process, the end, the end result. It looked like I, I could get there, I could touch it, I, I I could get there, and so that really kept me going because I kept on thinking, uh, even in my low moments and in the moments that I would I. I did not believe in myself. That dream, the idea that uh, I'm pursuing what God has put in me, I, I love what I'm doing, I'm passionate about education, that really kept me going. And um and also, like you rightly point out, uh, Shami, the, the power of having people around me uh, who were very supportive. My, my, my husband was extremely supportive, and he would ask me very tough questions, including questions like, so when are you going to finish? Which was one of the worst questions that anyone asked me because I, I I struggled with that. I, I I really didn't know when I was going to finish. And at some point I was putting all the effort, uh, sleepless nights, you know, uh, no weekends, working into the wee hours of the night. But I I, I really was you know, struggling in terms of balancing time and, you know, getting to the finish line. So, but he would challenge me and he would create an environment where uh, you would tell me that I I can do it and I I should finish. Uh, You can go on, you can do this. And and that really helps because when you have a partner also who believes in what you're doing and who sees the value uh, about what you're doing, it really, really helps. Um, and you also appreciated the fact that I've got all these different roles. So you would try by all means to provide the extra support, like help, having a helper constantly uh, in the home to try and assist with some of the household duties. Um, and even when we're caring for for our dad, he, he made sure that there was a helper again who would assist with that. So it, it really you know, helped in, in sort of lessening uh, the burden. And at some point, he even encouraged me to quit my part-time job because it was taking so much time from my studies. And he said, quit that job so that you can focus and finish. And and to have your partner even encouraging you to those extremes um, really does help. And I'm also surrounded by my family, my sisters, who were my biggest uh, supporters, and also my friends like you, Shami, and you know others. Um, you really kept me going, and um, I started to believe that I could do it. Uh, if others did it, so what's what's so exceptional about me? I, I can, and and I'll get there. So that's really, really motivated me.
0: Oh, that's amazing! I'm so happy that you had a support system that carried you through the journey. Because I, I feel like uh, the education journey is not a journey for one. It's, it's like you're bringing the whole village because when you graduate, it's like everyone was there from the, the genesis of the project to the, should we say, revelation to the final big reveal of, of the thesis and everything. But just to take you off on a tangent a little bit, do you think education is important and why is it important?
2: Well, I think education is very important, especially for a woman and especially for a girl. Um, Studies have shown that um, when girls become educated and when they, you know, pursue their education, it's actually uh, a a place of security and protection because the number of hours that girls spend in school actually prevents them from being exposed to, you know, other, you know, other harms, harmful, you know, Activities that they may find uh, themselves engaging in. So education is really a, a safety net, if I may put it that way, for a girl. And I, I'm going to talk about girls because I, I'm passionate about girls' education and you know women uh, in general. So education really has that effect. I, I know that the number of hours and time that I spent as a young person pursuing my studies, you know, focusing on education, really helped me to learn more about myself. To mature, so that by the time that I finished my studies and I was now thinking about a career uh you know relationships marriage i I really had matured had I not had that safety hub of you know being occupied and being busy with school and you know in my mind being enlightened and being exposed to something better uh, it would have really it would have really been a different outcome uh, for for me, so I really believe that education is very important and also I think education is, uh, for for, for girls, really helps in terms of enlightenment. You know, we we underestimate the power of knowledge and how knowledge can help you to make decisions in life. Uh, Education gives women and girls a choice to say that, you know, I can opt out of a certain relationship because, one, education gives me knowledge. I, I can learn what to do in certain situations. And secondly, I, I can also, if I do well, and if I'm able to you know get better opportunities, I can take care of myself. I can be financially independent. So education for me uh, really does that. And for, I also think that education uh, for girls and women is something that you can do for yourself. You know how uh, us as women, we are forever giving out, giving, giving, giving so much of ourselves. So much of our time, so much of our energy to others. But education is that one investment that you make in yourself. And I think this is one of the most powerful things that you can ever do for yourself, to empower yourself with education, with knowledge, with skills that you can then use uh, to improve and to, you know, to just do well for yourself. So this is why I really think education is very important uh, for any girl or any woman out there
0: powerful powerful points right there but do you think us as an African people or should we say the African continent have they done justice enough for the girl child's education according to your understanding have we done enough to empower the girl child have we done enough to create opportunities for her
2: I think we have come a long way, definitely, in terms of girls' education. But I think we can definitely do more uh, for girls' education. For me, my biggest concern right now is the financing of girls' education. You know, we have the donor uh, community uh, putting in a lot of resources uh, for girls to get educated. Um, But I also think that the problem is not always with the school fees. The problem sometimes is the financial situation at home uh, which may really hamper any efforts that are being done at school. so you find that a girl if she's living uh, in a very impoverished home um, where you know poverty has got various effects on people if you are poor. And, and, you know, you're surrounded mm-hmm. by poverty. Th- there are certain things that you can't do for your child. Even to encourage your child to do their homework, to check their homework, to, you know, go to the school and attend all those consultation days, have that interaction with the teacher, it may not happen. So I think we should go outside the, the school setting and also see what can we do to create an enabling environment for the girl child, right from the family setup. Uh, to the community itself, uh, because as the community, we must be accountable to our young girls and we must be able to encourage them, to give them direction, to steer them in the right direction, to protect them, uh, even when they are struggling uh, with their studies or when they're becoming distracted, because the community, uh, you know, sees all these things. Uh, They see our young girls, you know, becoming distracted, having these unhealthy relationships with boys and 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 these days these days we now have even you know young girls engaging in drug um, you know activity you know um, abusing drugs and you know alcohol we are seeing that so the community has got a role to play in that as the as the famous saying goes it takes a village to raise a child so it also takes a village to raise a girl child and i think and yes, the school fees sometimes is being pro- uh, provided. We are seeing an improvement in in terms of financing, and studies are also showing that you know there, there are more girls in primary school uh, who complete primary education um, than boys. So that's a good sign. But we can do better in terms of really creating that enabling environment for the girl child. So for me, I think it goes beyond the the, the paying for the school fees. It's also about the
1: environment which this girl uh, finds herself in. And I definitely agree with you Faith that we're missing something important. It's not just about providing the school fees and that's it. And I say that as someone who is also very passionate about um, girls' education, about girls' empowerment. And that's one thing that I continue to see. We have all these great um, fundraising initiatives. We come up with the money. We put these girls in school. But somewhere along the line, something goes wrong. And you find that in some cases, someone's ended up pregnant. Someone's run away to a boyfriend. Someone's just gone off on a whole different tangent and you wonder, putty, where did we go wrong? Did we miss something? So I think we definitely need to um work on strengthening those relationships like you're talking about with the community, with the family, finding out um what is going on at home, how can we better support this individual within their specific environment. And I think another thing is mindset. Mindset is everything. And as you've rightfully said, In some environments, it it really impacts your mindset where you fail maybe to see the bigger picture or you fail to continue working towards the bigger picture because of the things that you're constantly being fed in your immediate environment. So I think for anyone who's thinking to do work around um, funding girls' education, that's definitely something to, to think about. I'm not sure how exactly to implement it, <laughs> where we're partnering with all these different parties because it becomes a bit complex. But I think it's important that we do that. Um, and so I wanted to ask you because you're you're an educator and you've been in the in the education space. Would you say that educators really can um, have an impact on the lives of young people, especially girls? Because maybe that's also a good starting point.
2: Oh, yes, definitely, Shami. So I really believe that educators have got an important role to play um, in a girl's life, in women's lives. Mm -hmm. You know, with this PhD graduation, if I tell you the number of messages that I received from women uh, all over, one message that kept on coming was, I'm inspired. I I think I can do this. I'm inspired I can do this. So when they see you know uh, someone who's teaching them who comes and stands in front of the in front of them to teach them something and that person uh, has has achieved you know those educational standards that they, they 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 so desire it really helps because it shows them that I can also do it especially when it's a woman who does it because most of the time especially in academia uh, we have uh, men dominating the space. They're the ones with, uh, with you know, they're, they're the professors, they're the PhD holders. Um, and 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 it's very important for girls to also see, and women to also see uh, somebody who has achieved it, somebody who's done it uh, of their gender. And, and it helps them to really realize that I, I can do it. But I think this is not a job for educators alone. There's definitely need to also partner with others and they keep going back to the family. Because the family is very important. It's the first agent of socialization in a person's life. So you find that what happens in the family setup tends to also affect the girl child literally everywhere she goes. So if we have the right environment where you have a support system at home, here I'm talking about parents and guardians who simply take an interest in what is going on in their child's life. And also try to find out, have you done your homework? Can I see your homework? How was school today? What was the biggest challenge that you experienced today? Who are your friends? Can I meet them? Those are very important questions uh, in a child's life, even in a girl's life, because this is where you get to learn more about your child. And you also get to encourage them in those areas where they are struggling. So now that I'm a mother, I've tried to foster the same relationship because I know the teacher is doing a part at school. And when my son comes back home, I I always ask him, I was good today. He he, he says, mommy you always asks me the same question. But when I ask him that question, we have a conversation and he tells me about the bad day, the good days, um, what happened, who said what, what disappointed him, uh, what the mark that he got in his test, which he wasn't happy with. And, and I'll have something to say about that. I can then, especially when he's talking about, you know, friends, what they say, his peers, I, I can then give him the right mindset and the direction that I believe is the correct one uh, and the necessary direction for his life and where he says no mommy I didn't do so well I can speak into that as well as his mother and encourage him to say you know you've got this you can do this let me help you with this so that you improve so it's also important for us not to leave you know the idea of education to the teachers to the educators because they are also overwhelmed um, in, in their different stations of work but if we partner with, our, you know, our families, our community, I think it would really, you know, create that environment where it would really encourage the child. And, and, you know, at community level, unfortunately we have reached the level where we are saying generally education doesn't matter, you know, those kind of sayings. But yet we know the benefits of education. So if the po- community can also be positive, and you know, encourage the girl when she's going to school. Maybe she's, she's walking to school, she's boarding a, a lift to go to school. You're going to school, well done, keep going. That's a good thing that you're doing. It, it motivates the girl child to see value in, in education. So yes, educators, we have a very positive role to play. We, we really impart knowledge and skills to young people, uh, but we also need to partner with others. We cannot do this by ourselves.
1: And I'm going to put you on the spot, Faith, because you've spoken about the value of education and how we're living in a society where, sure, people will be laughing to say my money changers are making more money than people who are educated. So besides the monetary value, what can you say are the other values of of education
2: That's a very interesting question. So apart from monetary value, what I can say about myself is how education has really helped me to see that there's life beyond my circumstances and where I am. You know, education um, has the power to give you a choice where you can say, my environment may not be what I want it to be. It's not comfortable, but I have a choice. I can migrate I can make a choice of even changing my job and choosing another occupation which could be better for me. So for me, I really think that apart from the monetary value, the power of choice is very important. Where you can decide your destiny to say that I'm in this circumstance, I'm in this situation, but I can change it because I have the prerequisites to do so. I can pursue so many things, so many opportunities because of where I stand with regards to my educational qualifications. So apart from the monetary value, really, the idea of having other choices and other things to pursue because of this thing called education is very, very important in, in my view. And I think it also gives me confidence uh, to, to pursue those things, because I, 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 I can come up and say, look, I've got the qualifications, I can do this, I can apply for this opportunity and really go ahead and and do just that. So I think those are necessary skills. You must be confident. You must have the confidence to pursue many opportunities. And I think education does that. It gives us the power of choice. Uh, It helps us to have exposure, um, to go after different areas of opportunities um, and, and really pursue them. In the absence of education, there are certain things that you just can't do. You can't even begin about talking about uh, certain careers uh, because they require education you can't even talk about exposure because education does expose us you know to other lives that are beyond what we see every day when you go to university in another country uh, even when you go to university in your own country the people you interact with the knowledge that you're exposed to it just gives you that mindset which is different where you can begin to even imagine things outside the environment which you grew up in. And, and I think this is very important, um, important, uh, you know, aspect of education, which you really would struggle to get from anywhere else.
1: Yeah. I'm really going to like latch onto the word confidence. I just remember I was having a conversation with one of the girls that I've been mentoring in Mabuku. And she's been in and out of school. And so we got to a point where we sat down and we had this conversation to say, okay, so what's next? What are we going to be doing for you in the next season? Do you want to go and um, take up vocational training or do you want to go back to school? And I don't think I'll ever forget her response to that. So she wants to go and do something um, around hotel and catering. So she wants to go into vocational training. But she says to me, you know what, Sissi Shami, I think it would be great if I can go back and at least get some subjects at O-level. Because right now, even when I'm interacting with my peers, when I'm talking with people who are around the same age as me, I don't have confidence in myself. I can't speak up for myself. I feel like Nagasara. And that's a direct quote. And it was so... I don't know if I should use the word heartbreaking to hear someone who is 17 saying to herself, I feel like ndagasara because hantinach koro. But at the same time, it's really encouraging for for someone to be able to, to stand up and admit that and say, I need to do something better. I need to push myself. Yes, I've been in and out of school and I'm 17 and I'm going back to. Um, form three, but I am going to do it because I want to be on the same level or better than my peers. So for me, yeah, that was, that statement was just everything. I think Shamisa, I just want to
0: applaud this young girl. I feel like it's never too late for someone to go back to school. I applaud, uh, I applaud her for coming back to her thoughts and, thinking that it is important for me to be educated. Not that it's the only thing that she needs in life, but I think it's the confidence booster that she needs to be able to stand up in society to say, at least in the FIFO levels, I can do vocational training. So I I totally applaud her for doing that, because I feel like there's no age limit as to when a person should go back to school, and it's never too late.
2: Yes, um, I'm I'm in total agreement with you, Von. um I really think that, you know, it takes a lot of courage for one to make that decision to say, I'm going back. Um, we don't see it, but look what will be going through, um, you know, this young girl's mind. Um, you know, what do my friends say? Will they laugh at me? Won't they think that I'm too old? Uh, won't they think that I'm so behind? It takes a lot of courage to go back. And I really, really think it's important you know, for any girl out there, if you're thinking about, you know, going back to school, really, uh, don't, don't focus on what people will say, uh, you know, about your journey and about you. I think it's very important to just focus on yourself and, you know, really focus on what you need to do, um, and, and, and keep going. I think that's very important. It takes a lot of courage and, and, um, You know it's like when you're out of something for some time when you come back a lot would have changed so that particular person will be going through a lot and they need a lot of encouragement um and and a lot of resources to keep them going
1: that's so true especially in in our case (laughs) where now you come back there's my color the curriculum has changed and it's just oh a whole a whole big mess so Definitely in cases like that, I think support from your community and your family becomes even more important compared to in a regular um, case. Faith, what would you say is the thing that saddens you the most when we're looking at girls' education?
2: I think the thing that saddens me the most is young girls becoming distracted and also giving up on themselves uh, I see a lot of young girls, because I interact with, uh, you know, girls and women in education, um, and, and I see th- just young girls getting distracted, you know, about the things that are important. Um, I'm seeing a lot of young girls, um, you know, just losing the plot, you know, the, the the pregnancies, the these relationships where they become so consumed with the relationship that they forget about themselves and only, you know, realize that I do matter when it's already a bit too late um, and, and, and they, they've invested too much or they, they now have children um, that need to be taken care of so you sort of become the back banner and not a priority at all. So for me this distraction you know these girls who are just distracted who are not passionate, who don't seem to have purpose, Um, who don't seem to see a life beyond their, their, you know, Zimbabwe or their situation or their circumstance. That's one of the greatest things that really saddens me about, you know, our current setup. Uh, And also just girls who give up on themselves, uh, where, you know, if they try and it doesn't work out, they just throw in the towel and say, look, this is just not for me. You know, sometimes you need to make the choice um, where you say to yourself, the answer is no today, but I can try again tomorrow. Uh, I remember very well um, after I finished my undergrad studies, and uh, I applied for um, a PhD st- uh, for for a master's program actually, uh, my postgraduate program. So at um, my local university, it was extremely competitive to get into that uh, master's program. So when others, uh, you know, communicated that um, they, they, they had got their offer letters, I, I was very concerned because this is something that I thought was next for me and. Um, I remember very well going to the admin office and asking if I had been offered a place. And mm-hmm. you know how our admin people are in general, they are so impersonal, and I can mm-hmm. even call them a bit heartless. <laughs> so she uh, said to me, Ambuya, eh, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm not you know, in this. A tone, which was like, what What are you doing? What are you even doing here? And why are you even asking me this question? So I <sighs> have gone home, you know, just being told that, you know, the, the opportunity is just gone and there's nothing for me. But I decided that this cannot be enough. This cannot be the end. So I said to myself, I'm going to go and see the chairperson and find out why I haven't been given a place. Uh, and really find out, you know, when I'm going to go in to this uh, competitive program. So when I went there, I, I met the chairperson and asked him, I didn't get a place, what is going on? And uh, he reassured me that uh, we are doing everything we can to make sure that, um, you know, all all the people that we have selected will go in. Uh, don't worry, come back on Monday, uh, I'll, pro- I'll have something for you. Um, and uh, I remember going back home, uh, you know, very concerned and thinking, I'm going to come back again if they don't give me a place. I'm going to pursue this. And sure enough, on Monday, I was in his office. uh, And guess what? The offer letter was there. So sometimes um, you really need that push where even if the answer is no. Maybe you've been applying for a bursary, for a scholarship, uh, and maybe you've been getting a lot of no's. Uh, You need to to really tell yourself that I I can keep asking. I, I can, you know, I can apply for you know, another one and you keep at it because you can't just throw in the, th- the towel uh, first time around when somebody says no. Uh, so I think those are the greatest disappointments for me. And also my heart breaks when I hear of a girl who's brilliant at her studies and for some reason there's no money for her to continue with her education. Uh, that is something that really absolutely mm-hmm. devastates me. Uh, I've got a couple of students, uh, female students, who are really bright Uh, And and they've quit their studies because the the financial resources are just not there. And I think that really exposes our young girls to uh, not only the despair of not pursuing what you really want in life, but to also other vulnerabilities uh, where suddenly you are sitting at home and you have nothing to do. I think that's a terrible uh, situation to find a girl in because what's next? for this girl. That's that's dangerous. You can, we can't have girls who are just sitting at home with absolutely nothing to do and really basically no purpose in life. So I think those are my greatest disappointments uh with the education system at the moment.
0: Yeah, you're so right. Like like you know, like the saying goes, and I don't mind is a devil's workshop. So if they're not in any form of education or if they're not doing it, if they're not in any form of educational system, then what happens? They resort to the next best thing. But I really like what you said about taking charge of the journey and not giving up. Persistence. I think like, you can't get tired of working on yourself. Um, continue knocking on those doors until a door open. I I pray that um young women and young ladies who are listening to this, when they hear this, and when they hear your story, faith, um, they'll be encouraged to never give up, never give up, because the doors are not closed in your face, but sometimes they slightly open and they just need you to push a little bit, and you know, and things happen. I remember when I was on my own scholarship journey to get. Uh, both of my scholarships for my undergrad and my master's, um, I'll tell you that um, the drama that happened with my master's scholarship in the initial stage, I didn't even get it. And I was so stressed because I wanted to go to school. And I was like, I want to go pursue my master's degree. This matters so much to me. And as um, soon as I got the rejection letter, I, I, you know, I was, I was moody for a week or two. And then I got up and I was like, okay, I am want to start applying for other scholarships or start looking elsewhere. I was looking at other universities. And while I was busy doing that and praying and hoping for God to open a door, I was called to be told that I got the scholarship. So it took a lot of persistence. I didn't give up. I said, I'm going to try, I'm going to try, I'm going to try another scholarship. I'm going to try other universities. I'm going to look up more scholarships. Where can I get them? So I think it's very important for us to... Also, um, find ways of helping young women get links to these scholarships. Help them get onto these scholarships because they're there, and I think people always think or oh, type of vibe. Those scholarships are open to anyone who is hungry for them. That's the truth. So I, I think the other thing that I just to support what you were saying that I would want to support a girl child is by helping them get on a scholarship and get them to understand that they are available and you can do it. They pick a determined person who has, um, you know, drive to get certain things done. What do you want to do with the degree? So I feel like um, this helplessness should not be there. I feel most girls are just not exposed to information. So I would say that, if we could just create an awareness around it and help them understand that there are other forms and ways of funding your, your education.
2: And I think you've won, um, like you've rightly pointed out, you know, this idea of not giving up is very, is very important. I think, you know, when you start the application process, uh, maybe a bit hopeful. But I think a lot of young girls then underestimate the amount of tenacity that you need to keep going with those um, applications. I can imagine what it was like for you, you know, applying for those scholarships. So to keep at it, even though you're surrounded with these no's. Um, is very important. Uh, So I think this is where we also need to encourage our young girls that, look, it's not an easy one, two, three-step process. You know, this is really tough. You actually have to apply yourself and you have to be persistent and you need to keep going. And I'd forgotten to mention another, um, uh, you know, aspect that really disappoints disappoints me about, um, you know, our educational uh, systems at the moment is how our educational systems are slowly, you know... uh, becoming unsafe spaces for young girls uh, and young women uh, because of the exposure to sexual harassment, especially in tertiary institutions. that really upsets me. Um, And um, for me, uh, I know we deal a lot with the perpetrators but what upsets me the most is how our young girls are disempowered they they don't seem to have the power to report the power to speak up for themselves and they even seem to collude and to entertain you know these Behavior and and they they just feel like they need to just you know comply so that they can go through it and you know just finish their studies and 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 they even encourage each other to do that um, and and I'm very disappointed with that because I really feel like um, you, you know. Um, Back in my time you couldn't you couldn't have done that to me and and I would have kept quiet about it uh This is something that I would have definitely reported, so I'm just wondering what what is making our girls to be so disempowered that they feel like they need to partner with the perpetrator um and 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 you know be exploited in the process not that I'm victim blaming but I'm saying. There are situations where you actually encourage someone to make a report and the system is there and you are ready to support and then you hear the reasons for, for uh, failing to report and someone is talking about, but you know, all the girls in my class are doing it. I don't want to stand out. Um, I just want to finish and go. So how much of yourself are you going to give away in order to please your peers and not stand up for yourself and say, no, this is unacceptable, this unacceptable. I will not take. So I really feel like our education system really needs to do a lot more to protect our young girls and make education a safe environment for young girls.
0: Faith, you just touched on a very important topic, eh? And it's not, It. I feel like this sexual harassment is cutting across too many areas. It's not only in education, it's in sport, It's in. it's in the workplace, it's everywhere. Like, um, I always feel like the girl child is always at the backhand of something and they become so vulnerable to a unjust system and they become vulnerable to someone's, I would want to call them pervertical tendencies, and they get lost in the web. You know, you know, you have lecturers threatening um, young women that if you don't sleep with me, you won't pass, you know, things like that happening or inappropriate behavior by someone who's supposed to be a person of authority, who's supposed to be a person that's supposed to protect the girl child, inappropriate handling of things, you know, touching them in the wrong places, all of these things happening right before our eyes. You know, it's, it's so disheartening, I must say.
1: I'm like, thank goodness we have people like Faith. I know you're really passionate about um, issues to do with sexual harassment as well in those different spaces. So thank you for championing these things for the girl child. And we look forward to seeing some, some changes uh, based on the work that you're going to be doing. Um, but as we reach the end of our show, I just want to find out, Faith, what's next? What's next on the list?
2: That that's a that's a very interesting question. Um, you know, uh, I'm at a point where uh, I I I'm I'm having conversations with God where I'm saying, God, reveal what is next for me because, uh, um, you know, th- this is a purpose uh, journey, uh, and I believe that God is God. The next step for me, as the Word of God says, that our steps are ordered by God. So I, I found myself, you know, really surrendering to the will of God for my life and uh, really believing and being excited and, you know, living in anticipation about what God is next for me. So whilst I'm waiting for the next, uh, I'm going to put, you know, my all into uh, teaching young girls, young women uh, and all the young people that I interact with, uh, you know, the art of teaching. Uh, the art of, you know, imparting knowledge, and not only imparting knowledge, but also being a mentor to young people. They, they really need somebody who comes and says to them, "Are you correct? Are you sure you're going in the right direction? Are you sure this is good for you? And also, you know what? You've got this. You can do it." I think I'm that person to tell them. So, what's next? Um, I'm really uh, hoping that I can put my skills to 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 good use. I'll, I'd love to be in an environment where um, the skills that I have are really appreciated, and um I can be exposed to new things that are being done you know in other universities or in different spaces where I can also make a contribution uh, towards the betterment of life. I absolutely love research, so i'm I'm hoping that uh, I'll get more research opportunities and for me, research uh, is not just about you know writing papers um I always believe in research that influences policy change. Uh, if re- my research can contribute towards a policy change that will improve a person's life, then I feel like I would have achieved my purpose. So that's also uh, another critical aspect of, um, you know, that that is just something that I'm looking forward to actually, uh, and 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 that's that that I would say would sum it up for for what is next for me. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, getting into new areas, new spaces where I can better use my skills and um, really apply myself and, and, and and do better uh, and be a better version of myself and impart the best knowledge and skills that I can to, you know, to to the
0: people around me. So Faith, what's your message for, um, you know, fellow educators and anybody else who might be interested, you know, in partnering with you um, when it comes to the issues pertaining to the girl-child?
2: My message to educators, and here I'm talking about people who are really passionate about education, um, uh, is don't give up. The environment is disheartening, it's depressing, but we have a mandate, and our mandate is to really empower these young people uh, with knowledge and skills. The system itself, because of the limited resources, uh, can be very depressing. Um, you know, we have these very high numbers that of, of students that we are teaching with very limited resources. So that can really be, you know, something that just disheartens anyone who's passionate about, you know, education. But for me, I always believe that no matter what the circumstance or situation is, it should never take us away from, you know, what God has put in us and um, how he has allowed us at this particular moment in time and in this season, to interact with these young people who really need um, somebody uh, who is bringing in the light um, to to encourage them and to teach them and to give them uh, you know empower them with with these skills. So for educators, I would say uh, don't give up and continue to you know hold yourself in integrity, being positive. Because I think it's absolutely important to be positive and also to be mindful of the things that we say, uh, you know, to our young people. As the Bible says that there is power of life and death, you know, in the tongue. So what we speak, uh, you know, to this generation is important. You know, sometimes I actually think that we, we've we gone to the extent as educators of almost writing them off Um, Yet we don't realize how much they've gone through as well, and how it has led them to uh, to where they are and to who they are. And also, you know, if we live lives that that, that are filled with integrity, we we protect uh, our young people, and they will know that the I'm in a safe place, I'm in a safe space, and I can reach out to this educator. They can mentor me, they can teach me, they can advise me, and this is how they open up to us. So this would definitely be my message to educators out there.
0: That's amazing. So what would be your message to the girl child?
2: So my message to the girl child would definitely be never give up because uh, if you look at my journey with education, uh, like I said, there was a time when um, in secondary school, where I was told, you know, and I was put in a category um, of what I can and cannot do. And 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 it can be depressing. It can be demotivating because you end up not believing in yourself and not seeing your true potential. But I would say to the young, young lady, the young girl out there, you know, keep at it and never give up. If you really allow yourself to see what God has placed in you, you're going to realize that um, there 's no need to give up, and you can do so much more for yourself. I would also encourage the young girl uh, young girls out there uh, to really be persistent in you know going after those dreams that they have uh, because these dreams don 't come easy. You really need to apply yourself and you need to work hard and you need to try and try and try again, even in situations where you 're told no or where you're told you cannot do it. never give up, believe in yourself. Know that God has got a plan for your life and it's a good plan. And no matter what your circumstances are, you have something to contribute. You've got purpose. There's a reason why God created you. And be mindful of the conversations that you have with yourself because you spend more time with yourself. So those things that you tell yourself in your mind, they must be positive things. They must be things where you are saying to yourself, I can do this. I, I can look for another opportunity. I can keep knocking on this door. I can try again because you spend so much time with yourself. So those conversations that you have with yourself are very important
0: and they must be positive. Powerful, powerful. I love the bit that you talked about. Be mindful of the story that you tell yourself because it's very important. Our self-talk is our biggest downfall, to be fair. If you tell yourself you can't make it, You'll never make it in life. So it's up to you to determine the direction of your life by speaking life into your own personal life. You're not your situation. You're not your problems. You're not even your environment that you grew up in. You are so much more than that. Thank you so much, Dr. Faith. And congratulations again on the PhD. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you very, very much for inviting me. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and, uh, I'm I really hope that, you know, young girls out there will be absolutely inspired by my story and they'll realize that it's not about what people say about you. It's all really about what you believe in. And it's also what God says about you.
0: Absolutely. It's all about what God says. God's word over your life supersedes every other thing that's happening around you. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to us. If there's anyone out there who might be interested um, in having a chit chat with either Dr. Faith or Shamiso or me on this topic, please engage with us on our Facebook page, DM us if you have any questions. If there's a girl out there who needs help or direction in terms of education, where to go, who to speak to, what can she do, or maybe need someone to just listen to them. Get in touch with us on our Facebook page, DM us, and we'll be more than happy to engage with you and and remember like what Dr. Faith said, mind over matter so self-talk matters so speak life speak yourself into your destiny and i hope you can take away some pointers from what dr faith said about involving god in each and every stage of your life pray about it pray about the scholarship if you need a scholarship pray about how best are you supposed to navigate your educational journey god is involved in everything so thank you so much for being with us dr faith thank you dr shamiso So from us, the team um, Africa to the world, we wish you a pleasant week and we'll see you guys on the next go around. Take care.